Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or, hopefully, how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... Hey, Robert, yours. Can you say welcome... Welcome... To... Parents in Hell. 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 That was recorded yesterday at our book signing, Rob. Yes, you recorded a child in a, in a shop and put it on the internet... I didn't record a child. That's only a voice memo. There's no video. <laughs> okay. But no, that was uh, one of our, our lovely listeners, Toby's mum, that came to the book signing. Thank with you, Toby. For coming to the book signing. Oh, yeah. Massive thank you. That was Blue very kind water. of you. What a place. Best shopping centre in... I one loved point, it, The Rob. biggest shopping centre in Europe. It's great, was isn't it? it? It was great. It's got and some great shops there. It was lovely to meet our fans. We had a lovely time, didn't we? Yeah, I was really nervous, but everyone yeah. was really nice. I didn't know who was going to be there. I didn't... I've never done a book signing like that no, before. No, it was, it was a nerve-wracking experience, wasn't it? The only time I felt a little bit nervous... Because like, once it started, it was just loads of lovely people that were really excited to get yeah. a book signed. The only time I was a bit nervous was when that bloke on his own lent in and went, you slags. Yeah, and that I forgot was scary. That we, I forgot that we referred to ourselves as slags once yeah. in an episode. Yeah. But at one point, I thought we were going to have to fight him. Yeah, I thought he was from off-menu. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like, imagine that, like other podcasts away yeah. days turning you f- up. You fucking slags! Yeah. How dare you? I'm Ramses till I die, mate. <laughs> um, it was fun though. It was it, it was, was really, really nice, and everyone was. I genuinely, it was quite a surreal experience, wasn't it? I thought it's quite a nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon. So thank you yeah. for coming. We became obsessed with what people had in their phones, didn't we? Yes, so when everyone was taking photos, they'd pan their phones to, like, the people at Waterstones, and then we realised so many people have stuff on the back of their phones in their cases. We saw COVID vaccination. That was a big one, the COVID vaccination card. Train ticket, uh, the bus ticket. ticket. Bus stagecoach, that was a weird one. I've not seen a bus ticket in years like that, printed off. Normally it's just Oyster, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In uh, London, BR. 
Bromley, yeah. London Borough. And um, the, uh, the, what else was there was debit cards, cash. Yeah, and mum was a receipt, so she remembered to take something back to the shop. Yeah, have you got it? anything in your... I haven't got anything in my phone, have you? No, I don't have a case. You don't have a case? I know, it's rogue, isn't Who it? Who are you, Jay-Z? Bloody hell. <laughs> you must be in a constant state of tension. <laughs> I like so it. You it makes you feel case. excited. It makes like, it? like living life on the edge, yeah. Michael, what, have, you got, have you got anything in your phone case? Uh, no, I don't have a phone case either. What? Why are you fucking out with the craze? <laughs> <laughs> The modern you... phones are very robust. No, yeah. well, they're not. They're made of fucking glass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a coaster in a only way it's Essex house. Yeah. Um, well, look, Josh, I, I'm, I, I, this is really off topic, but I'm actually tempted to go and get an Android phone. I don't know why. I've just, I think their adverts are really good. I've just been, you know, like, I feel like I'm, I've been absolutely you need marketed. A new phone within about a week and drop <laughs> yours. So. But I was like, I might just go. I've always been Apple. I might just completely change it up and go Samsung or Google. Yeah, enjoy yourself, Rob. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> you don't give a shit about this. Do you? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I just think anyone that. What I like about having an iPhone is when I don't know how to use it, I can ask a friend how to use it. Do you know what right. I mean? Right. But then, but then you might start having more friends that are Android users. I haven't got any friends that are Android users, Rob. There's no Android in Zone 2 of London, is there? It's just pure it's Apple. It's pure Apple, The media, it's, the it's media elite. I'm part of a media bubble, mate. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, was, this is what I want to tell you, Josh. I, I was going to tell you yesterday, but I didn't want to... Oh, oh no, that, I want to talk about this first. There's the photographs of us oh, at the book fuck, signing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Have yeah. you seen the one of you? There's some yeah, yeah, normal said, yeah, photos yeah. of us. Yeah, there's some there's, more normals. There's one of you, and you look like... You look, you look tiny. You look like a little You look like you're so I look small. Like Ronnie Corbett. You do, but in the other photos, you look What's normal size. To me? You look, do you we'll put it on our Instagram. But it you look so pathetic. Of, have I ever told you about when I did Apprentice Your Fired with Karen Brady? <laughs> no. And we came out to sit in our seats. Yeah. And she was on a really low seat. All right. And she was like, "Why am I on a low seat?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then she just went, "We're swapping." <laughs> no I was like what she's like we're swapping seats and I was so intimidated by her I just swapped seats I could barely see over the desk no, and then what? the show went out and all the tweets were like why is Josh Whittacombe like I can only see the top of his head basically I was so like well, that's an exaggeration but like I was just looking over the desk it's it's just the nose and eyes like you're yeah. peering <laughs> listen I'm, I've actually got it on here actually 2014 I think this was Eight years ago, uh, yes, I found it. It's oh, on, for um, fuck's sake! Why, on, who's put that on YouTube? Oh dear, <laughs> you do look little. You're so little on the end. <laughs> I thought it might disappoint. Then <laughs> I should say also before we move on from the book, thank you to everyone who's left reviews on the on Audible. Oh yeah, they're really they're really good. The audio reviews. Uh, thank you. We've got we've got over a thousand now. And we've got an average of five stars over 1,025 reviews, uh, which apparently is incredible, according to our publishers. Yes, thank you, everyone, for the uh, audiobook reviews. Um, now, Josh, in other news, I've yep. got a uh, confession. I think I kidnapped a child on Saturday night. Yeah, OK. <laughs> Should I phone 999? No, because the, the, the child's back with their parents, but it was fine. Oh, OK, it was fine. Still, still, still not acceptable if you've returned the child, if you've kidnapped them. <laughs> no, it's a, it was an accidental kidnapping. Oh, OK. So it was firework night, and yeah. a lot of the school mums and dads were going to the firework display near, near our house, and um, 
I was there with my two daughters and with Lou. And then basically they wanted to play with their schoolmates. So the youngest ran off and was playing with her mates. So Lou went with her. Then I was with my other daughter who wanted to play with her schoolmates. And she was playing with two of her mates. And I said to one of the dads, I'll take them to the bonfire where you get a drink. There was like a queue for a drink. Anyway, so I walked over with her two schoolmates. But it, as I turned round, one of her schoolmates ran off and his other girl just started joined us. And I didn't realise because they all had coats on and hats in the dark. Yeah, they all look the fucking same. Yeah, just a little kid. Anyway, so we're playing by the bonfire and then the two schoolgirl friends are playing and dancing and my daughter's there all quiet. I'm like, what's, what's going on? You're right. She went, I don't know who that girl is. I went, what? Anyway, and I'd already taken photos of them by the bonfire. So I get my phone out because there was a flash on it. Look at the photo. There's my daughter, her mate from school and a child I don't know. <gasps> oh, my God. What, what's your feelings at this point? I'm One is like, I'm panicking because I thought there was another girl from school yeah, yeah. that I was supposed to be in charge of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's not there. And then there's this other new girl who I don't know, and now I've got photos of her, and then I'm just taking photos of her. Yeah. Because I thought she was another... That's sc- weird. <laughs> so that weird. is weird. And it's I'm like, weird. this is mental. And then it turns out that she knows my daughter's friend from school but from another reason right. and out of oh, school okay, so yeah, she's yeah. run over and joined in so I'm just there with coats of children I don't know just watching them dart and then my daughter's like I don't know who she is you're holding a coat well yeah because she gave me a coat to hold because I thought it was a kid why I knew why did she give you the coat to hold because they're artists by the bonfire <laughs> but why to you <laughs> just I, was, I was in charge I was the only adult there what did you do? Run. Well, I panicked and then I worked out that I knew that kid and then I basically messaged the dad of the other girl I thought I was looking after and she was with them. Yeah. And then basically a woman come over and went, oh, well, that's my child. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. I didn't realise she just come over and started playing and she was like, oh, yeah, no worries. I walked off. What? Left her? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so I was just in Didn't even take her. the fucking coat? <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> and then luckily the dad come back and then that other girl went and then all the school kids come round and stuff. But it that was so bizarre. stressful. It's really weird, isn't it? Um, it was good though. I, I I did have a massive error though. They wanted to go, the kids went on my shoulders for the fireworks display. Oh, yeah, I saw a picture fire, of that. It's just too long. Too long. It's just too long. It's like, I was just listening going, surely we're going to end on Spaceman. Sam, what's his name? Sam Ryder? Oh, right, I thought I remember about Babylon Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's so you're sticking your neck out there, Rob. <laughs> Uh, in Surely space. we're going to end with Babylon Zoo Spaceman after 25 years on, right? No, no we don't. You know, he won Eurovision with that nearly, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not across you Eurovision. Don't, you don't know or care, I do I don't care about Eurovision. Mate, when you work at Radio 2, you need to know about Eurovision. <laughs> I bet you bloody do. It's one of the four pillars. <laughs> Ken <laughs> Bruce, Eurovision, Pets and Great Shoes. <laughs> Well, what's uh, going on right. with the fourth one? Because I've been listening to your show and you know. <laughs> what, you don't like Phil Collins in Electric Light Orchestra? Go on, mate, grow up. How old are you? Get, get with it, man. I played Leanne Rhymes last week. Oh, fucking hell. I didn't realise I was talking to Zane Lowe. <laughs> I'm basically the Charlie Sloth of female ballads. <laughs> Um, oh. Anyway, yeah, so that's been my, that's been my week. Um, but we, we bab- babbled on now. Should we yeah. bring in our guest? Babylon Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love that. Is, you know what? That was really nice. I like really that. Really nice. And our guest this week, Josh, is Giovanna, Giovanna Fletcher, Fletcher. Queen of the together? Castle. Love Giovanna Fletcher. Great podcast, great person, and a great interview. Here is Giovanna Fletcher. Do you want to do the intro, Josh? So Rob always starts by saying, do you want to do the intro, Josh? And then the intro is literally... <laughs> Hello, Giovanna. It's not, it's not an intro. 
Giovanna Fletcher it's like queen of the castle slash jungle yeah but what we do we'll do all that beforehand so you don't have to sit here and listen to us talking about your credits because that's weird when you have to do that it is it is it's an an odd thing yeah how are you yeah how are you and can you let our listeners know how many children you got what's your child set up at home my child set up is that I have three children three boys who are eight six and four nicely spaced oh Boys. Yes. Three boys. All boys. All boys. So we've just... Well, Josh has got a boy. I've got two girls and Josh has got one girl. I find boys a nightmare. Do you? That's interesting. <laughs> rough. They're rough. Rough and tumble, isn't it? I imagine if I had a little girl, I would be like, God, those boys. Yeah. They are... I mean, I always call them quite feral, but really they are just... They like rough and tumble. They love being outside. Yeah. Someone said to me once, with boys, you've got to treat them like they're dogs. They need to be outside, they need to be walked, they need to be fed and they need to sleep. And as long as those three things are happening, life's good. And at first I was like, don't compare my child to a dog. And then now I'm like, no, I get it. (laughs) I totally respect what that man was saying. And (laughs) follow that formula and life is good. (laughs) So what would you do on a rainy day with three boys? Oh, go outside anyway. Go outside, get your wellies on, hide, make it an adventure. Yeah, or just hide in this cupboard, and then life is good. <laughs> <laughs> you must be at slightly like easy street, as it were, now at this point because they're not babies anymore. The youngest is four, yeah. so they're doing stuff for themselves. Especially yeah. the youngest of three always is a bit more, you know, can do more stuff at four than the eldest would because they copy. Well, they've started doing this great thing at the weekends. They do um, Buddy's Breakfast Bar. So the middle one's called Buddy, and literally we'll come down. There'll be toast. They'll be serious. They've done it for his brothers. Oh, wow. And that, that is amazing. That was a total game changer. One of the mums at school said that she used to pre-do the cereal and just wrap it in cellophane like she'd get the bowl out. That's a much cleaner way of doing it. But for us, we're like, just go and have fun. Just go go and sort yourselves out in the best way that you can. And you know that you've, you're going to come down. There's going to be Rice Krispies everywhere. A few cornflakes on the floor. There'll probably be a milk spillage. But in my head, I'm also, they've got to be a little bit independent, yeah. you know, and, and, and leaning into that. If they're enjoying it, then brilliant. That's great. And they can always help clear up as well, can't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the next step. That <laughs> okay, is the next that. step. Let's not run before we can walk, Rob. Come on. <laughs> And so, are you relaxed? So you're upstairs, still in bed, while yeah. Buddy's breakfast yeah. bar's going on. What's your yeah. levels of relaxation there? <laughs> it's fine. If there's no arguing going on, then I am asleep. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, and I know that, you know, the whole... If they're quiet, it means they're up to something. That is definitely true. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely true. However, they're also happy and they're not fighting each other because my kids have this inability to just walk past each other without an arm or a leg coming out to hit <laughs> okay. the other child. Yeah. They just can't. It's constant physical contact with them. So if they are, you know, on a Saturday morning, if it is all nice and quiet and no one is yelping in pain or going, is it this? then I'm happy. I'm happy to just lie in bed. We try and until 8 o'clock at the weekend. Oh, that's good. I literally thought you were going to say 11. So 8... <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 some people who aren't parents listening going, 8 o'clock. Well, that's what you dream of aiming for. Yes, because it used to be 5 o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, 8 o'clock is a massive step in the right direction. Don't get me wrong. I'm very jealous of your 8 o'clock. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. 
But I think you're, because you've got a one-year-old, you're still dreaming of the day where it's 11 or 12, but that never yeah. happens, I don't think. No. No. Well, and when it does, actually, it's them, and we'll be trying to get them out of bed. Yeah, when they're teenagers, Rob. I can't yeah. imagine your children ever sleeping in, Rob. Well, I think the youngest is more likely to sleep in. She's a bit more like me, but the eldest is like Lou and like up like a button, early doors, let's do something in your face. They just have so much energy. I think that they fight a little bit, but with the boys I've seen like on holidays and school yeah. and stuff, they're just mad for it. You sort of assume that we know, like. Oh. Well, you were one of four boys, Rob. Were you fighting all the time? Yeah, well, my mum got put on a NSPCC watch list because we used <laughs> no! to go to hospitals so much, like bang dead. I mean, that's the thing. The amount of times we've gone on. The night I went into labour with Max, so I'd had a. I don't know if this is TMI for your podcast, but uh, so I'd gone on in for a sweep that day. So things were happening, and I was doing like a frantic last minute sweep, tidy up of the house. So I knew the grandparents would come over, and the kids had literally. They were about to go up to bed. Tom was at the stairs and said, "Right, guys, let's go up." Buddy stood up on the sofa. One foot fell off the sofa, smack bang straight oh, into the coffee oh. table, split his head open. So we ended up going to hospital with him so that he could get his head sewn back together. And that is when my contraction started oh for the third God. child. So they are accident prone, but that one was well ill-timed, I would <laughs> yeah, say. That's the worst timing. Yeah. Did you move from A&E to the maternity bit of the hospital? No, because it's there, I'm kind of a bit like, well, let's go home and see what happens. And also, because I was so worried about Buddy, who, bless him, he was he was actually OK. It's a tough one, that one. So we went home and I tried lying down with him for a bit. And then by 10 o'clock, we phoned the grandparents. I'm like, actually, you need to come over. So by 12 o'clock, we were on our way back to the hospital. That's, that is a hell of a situation. But the amount of times we go to hospital for, you know, knees being split open, heads... It's just, you know, wrists, arms. Are you are yeah. you all right with that now? Are you a panicker when they hit themselves? Are you like, oh, here we go, another scar? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. I'm, I am a little bit, come on, you're fine. Oh, no, you're not. The bone is broken. Let's go to the <laughs> hospital. <laughs> yeah, you can't really panic, I don't think. And also, it does depend which child it is because they all need different things. Yeah. You know, and so our eldest is a bit, he's, he's very emotional and panics. So knowing for him, I've just got to be super cool yeah. and super calm, yeah. you know, and just kind of, and, and do the whole kind of, it's fine, we'll just go and see the doctor, you know, yeah. all that raised <laughs> kind of voice thing. So, yeah, I try not to flap over it that much now and just kind of be a bit more pragmatic with it if That's I can. That's good. I'm a flapper. It will, no surprise. Javon, I need to thank you as well for winning me money in the jungle. You know, when he did the Wales <laughs> jungle and I'm a sell, yes. I put money on you early doors to win. So I need to say thank you for that. <laughs> for me, it was a dead sir. Ah, oh, thank you very much. Because I knew how nice you were. Also, <laughs> huge following on your podcast. And then boy band member, husband, that is the one. And kids at home, so they'll send you a letter and you'll get all upset. I thought, this is a guarantee. <laughs> we didn't get letters. You didn't get letters at her? We didn't get letters. No. That's harsh. Yeah, they gave us a sentence that was, um, I got mine on chocolate hobnobs, mine were. So I got two chocolate hobnobs yep. and just a sentence of this massive letter that our loved ones did but they only included a line of it. Oh, brutal. Actually, I've never actually read the letter that Tom actually did write the entire thing. I've not read it. It's because the rest of it was really brutal, so they had to only give you a line of it. Yeah, yeah. you're doing this, you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a great time without you. We're in A&E again, just <laughs> let you know. We're all sewed up, ready to go. Uh, how was it, though? How long was you away from the kids on that show? 
Oh, a long time. So I was in isolation for two weeks before. Fuck. Basically, I could start with the kids there, but once they'd left, they couldn't come back. Right. And right. it was one of those typical things where Tom could come with me for that first night and then he had to come back to do... I think Little Mix had a programme on BBC, you know, yeah, that talent yeah. one. So he had to come back the following day. So I then had all three kids and my dad and my stepmom, And then... That the weekend Tom came back but couldn't come in, oh. so I couldn't have any contact with oh, him. Uh, so two of the kids weren't with him then, the older two, because I had to go back to school. And again, once they'd gone to him, they couldn't come back to me because of COVID. And then the following weekend, Tom came to get Max. So I made sure that I did all of my proper goodbyes and stuff with him, who at the time was only one, oh. before getting him in the car. And I remember being there, the door shutting on the car, and, and Max just being like, no, mummy can't. Oh, oh no. Mommy can't. Oh, God. <laughs> Absolutely distraught. But my friend sent me like this little care package and one of the things in it was a Brussels sprout. You know, one of those Imposse puzzles? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I literally spent the next four days doing this Imposse puzzle <laughs> oh, of like Brussels sprouts. And that really God, helped. The glamour of showbiz. Like, um, <laughs> I the biggest show and telly you were doing, sat there doing a fucking Brussels sprout <laughs> puzzle on your own. <laughs> it's the dream gig, the big gig on telly. It was hard. Sat there. <laughs> Yeah, I've made it. Have I? In a fucking cabin in Wales. There was one point where they took our phones away because obviously we're not allowed to know. So the same day, so Max left, my phone got taken away that night. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's quite brutal. And I can remember them dropping off, though, a radio because I, I was a real goody two-shoes and I handed in my Apple Watch as well. Oh, so I was yeah. like, because if I have that, then I can communicate, yeah. so I should probably hand that in. Other people were like, what, you gave away your actual phone? You didn't have a burner phone? <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't have a bloody burner phone. A burner phone. I know. So I handed everything in and then I said, but I won't know what time it is. So is it possible to get like some sort of digital clock or something? They said, great. And the one that they delivered had a radio on it which they obviously hadn't thought about it. So that first afternoon, I was there listening to Zoe Ball on the radio. Then it was Steve Wright in the afternoon. And McFly came on the first time I switched the radio on, which felt like a massive crowd, like, oh, they're with me. And then after less than 24 hours, I think it was, they realised their error and it was taken away from me. Oh, it's just you and the sprout after that. So Tom had a one-year-old, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, good times. (laughs) (laughs) How long for? Yeah, who who had the worst time there out of you and Tom? Well, he would have had them for about four weeks. Wow. He would have taken a bush tuckle trial. Give me a fish eye any (laughs) time. There was definitely that. Three under five. Well, I think Max at that point, he was maybe just turned two. And there was a point where when I got back, Tom was like, he's really not been going to sleep. It's been taking ages for him to go to bed. Sometimes I've had to pause the telly so I can, you know, get him to bed, then come downstairs to watch I'm a Celeb. And I was like, right, well, why don't we just drop his naps then? Because <laughs> yeah. that's the that's the obvious thing to do. The next night, it just everything fell into place and he was sleeping <laughs> beautifully. But if Tom had just done that little oh. thing oh. while I was away, his life would have been been so much easier. How did he feel when you did that? You come home and absolutely bossed it immediately. He must have felt pathetic. <laughs> I think he just was relieved by that point. I, I had a lot of parenting to make up for, you know, solo parenting. If your partner's in the jungle, there's part of you that's thinking, I hope they're evicted early here, surely. <laughs> well, I think you think that if you're in Australia. Yeah. If you're in Australia and having a lovely time in the Versace Hotel... You know, I'm sure you're just like, come on, just come out. We can have a lovely time. But then did he have loads of, like, lads' holidays booked him for when you got back? Was it a bit of a trade-off like that, or was he...? No, but he's had years of going on tour with McFly. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so you know, I feel like maybe I had... It was me getting it back, actually. Yeah. yeah. 
so yeah, so no, Fair no, enough. didn't. <laughs> Your chance to relax, and I'm a celebrity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really nice. A bit of me time. Because he's away on tour. You're never going to be away as much as he is. So he's always in debt. He's like a gambler in a casino. He's never going to gamble his way out. <laughs> Every time he gives a bit back, he just. <laughs> And how do you split up the parenting then? Because you're both in kind of jobs that are not like uh, consistent hours and stuff. Yeah. Are you working on a week by week basis? Is that how it? Yeah, sometimes it's a day by day thing. Yeah, I mean, I've never managed to plan a week ahead myself. I'm not sure why I'm no. imagining you. <laughs> it's a lot of high fiving. Great, you'll go tag teaming. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was in Italy for a long time. So yeah, I've actually just come back of a trip that's made me come away from him for a long time. Well, yeah, this is your new TV show on ITVB where you go to Italy and reconnect with your roots. Made in Italy. Yes. Yeah. How long is you away for? Well, I went away for a week, then I came back for a week and then I was away for three. So four weeks in total, yeah. When we were talking about, you know, how we're going to schedule it and stuff, that first week, because it fell in the summer holidays, me, my sister, my brother were like, well, maybe we should bring out the partners and the kids for that first chunk, even if they wouldn't be filmed. But if we can bring them, then we can have a holiday. And thankfully, we decided not to because they did come for the last three days of filming. And oh, my gosh, like trying to do your job when you've got really excited kids around, it's just really really hard but you know I think of all of that the summer holidays week was probably the toughest for Tom and yeah. then the kids are back yeah. at school all of them are at school now yeah I think so, if he's done one when it's throwing them in school it isn't as difficult is it that's the, the way no yeah. Rob's trying to convince himself about his Australia trip that's coming up he's how not... long are you away for? <laughs> three and a half weeks basically four <laughs> Oh, no, it's fine, though, isn't it? Now they're in school, Rob. It's, it's basically fine. four weeks. Yeah. They're, they're, in sc- they're in school anyway, Lou. What are you fucking moaning about? <laughs> I love it when Tom comes back and he like, shows me his diary. He's like, yeah, so I'm basically going to South Africa, like South America for, for eight days. I'm like, it's two weeks. Yeah, that's like, no, two no, weeks. no, it's eight days. I'm like, it's actually two weeks. Never includes travel time when you're telling the partner. Never count the travel time. <laughs> no. Don't include the days off. That's not my fault if I've got a day off in the no, middle no. of it. No, no. Oh, God. No. It's so hard to balance it, isn't it? That's what, you know, because you never want to feel like you're taking the piss or Louis going away with a friend in New York for a little nice. holiday. Because I think you have to book that in or it's just not fair, especially if you yeah. are with someone that is away that much. It's just so brutal. Even if, and especially if you're just yeah. going away for work, it is still fun at points. You know, going to Italy must have been a lot more fun than doing the jungle. What What were you up oh, to? Absolutely. We ate a lot of food and drank a lot of wine. We definitely didn't do that in the castle. Um, but we went back to... So my dad was with us. So it was dad, uh, my sister Georgina, and my brother Mario. And we went back to Valva, which is where dad grew up. So it's um, in the region of Campania. So Naples, near there, not too far away, about an hour and a half from there. I'm up in the mountains. And it's it was kind of a little farming community, really. Everyone grows their own stuff. But yeah, so, uh, so we went back to, to Valva um, and just relived old memories there and that was brilliant and then we went to the Amalfi Coast to Ischia to Naples and then back to Valva and had our kids come out with us as well so we're looking at food and like different recipes and stuff but not in the way that it's it's not a cooking show it's a show that we are making and eating a lot of food and drinking a lot of wine and and finding out how things are made and stuff but it's more sort of us just having a really good time oh nice what kind of audience is it for would you say because obviously your brother Mario is in TOWIE and ITVB is quite a TOWIE like reality TV stuff but this feels quite sort of family and pure it's not like drama you're not all going to be no. kicking off it's like a no. proper like <laughs> throwing a red wine in someone's <laughs> face 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Swilling your dad. Yeah, no, no wine was thrown. Dad, that's the only thing I think that would push dad over no. the edge and would create a drama. If we chucked our wine or like if we left some food, yeah. that would create a little bit of drama. Yeah. Carnage. And so did your dad grow up in Italy? Yeah, yeah. Dad moved over to England when he was 19 uh, and he came with two suitcases. I love this. He had one suitcase was full of food and the other one had pasta and jars of tomato sauce because he didn't know Amazing. what the English food was going to be like. Amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> How was it growing up then? Like, obviously, you know, like being Italian, like Italian heritage and your yeah. kids now like, are sort of so British... Do you yeah. sort of try and instill some of that Italian in them? Like, and does your dad do it as well? Like, I bet he's desperate for him to sort of be more Italian almost as their granddad. Yeah, but that's also why we love going back. And Tom loves going back as well, actually, yeah. because it is such a different life. So they always had this sort of farmer community where they would trade the things they've been growing with each other. So they'd go around to one person's house. I've got some spare eggs. Oh, great, I've got some runner beans. You can have those. So there was always this close bond. But then over 40 years ago, in 1980, there was a massive earthquake and it ruined the village completely. So people were put in temporary accommodation for a long time. It, my nonna lived in her temporary house for 20 years. Over 40 years on, some people are still living in their temporary housing oh, because wow. they're just like, well, this is my home now. You know, I've yeah. lived in this for yeah. so long. But again, that kind of really brought everyone closer. It changed people's views on what life is about. And so, yeah, for that reason, it's just so lovely to go back. And it is, it's about being together, talking, sharing stories, having wine, having food. And there is just this lovely simplicity about life. But I think we think of simplicity sometimes as a bad thing, but actually they just really focus on the things that are important. It's not about what you have. It's about you know, spending time with people you love. And in terms of Italian food as well, one thing I love about it is that it is food for everyone. You know, it's not about going down to Whole Foods and getting some ridiculously expensive ingredients that no one yeah. can buy. It's about food yeah. that you can literally grow and turn into something really, really delicious. Food you can put in a suitcase and take to Britain. That kind <laughs> <Yes>. of food. <laughs> food you can emigrate with. Food you can emigrate with, like your Paddington. <laughs> So was your childhood a bit different having an Italian dad then compared to the other kids at school or was it pretty standard? Um, I'd say it was pretty standard. For us, like, dad grew up with not much, you know, so for us he was quite frugal in that sense. Does he think sense. you spoil your kids now because of, like, what, you know, the stuff you can do? And Well, no, I, I don't know if he does. But I think in terms, like, we were definitely just shoved out into the garden. Like, just go and yeah, have some fun, yeah. you know. And I do think that that is part of the Italian thing. Like, when we, where our summer spent there, they, they were just us outside, like, running up and down different sets of stairs, going up to the mountain to get water. It wasn't, you know, toys and things like that that my kids have. Yeah. You know, their yeah, life yeah, is yeah. not complete unless they have this thing. Whereas for us, I don't feel like we had that. I had friends, since, like I used to go to Sarah Taylor's house because she had a Tiny Tears doll or so-and-so's house because they had something else. But I never felt like I went without. I just, you know, yeah. in any shape, it was all about family and being together. You know, I, I only now do I realise how lucky we are that Dad will be home every night for dinner. So we'd all sit around as a yeah. family and, and do that. And that's something that we do now. I just, I just feel like Apart it's... from them eight days in South America, he won't be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the four weeks you spent in the jungle and the extra three weeks you spent in Italy and the uh, forthcoming world tour that I'm sure got will be on. But yeah, pretty much is that Italian style. Everyone's round the dinner. He's on FaceTime in Osaka. There you go. Hello, Tom. <laughs> 
<laughs> when England played Italy last year in the final yes. of the Euros, yeah. who did you support and who did your children support? I can tell you who my dad supported. My dad supported the winner. <laughs> Whoever <Yeah>. won. <laughs> so I just, we're not massive football lovers. Okay. Like Tom's not a, like a... Yeah, Tom's ever followed it. Buddy loves it, so we're all a bit like, oh, okay, let's try and help you in some way. That's that's tough, isn't it? If your kids are into football and you're not, and you've suddenly got to show an yeah, interest in it. Yeah, I would say Tom is probably the least Italian man you could have ever married. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, if you had to line them up and guess what nationality he was, Italy would probably be about the 300th option. But out of both of us, he wants to retire in Italy. He wants to go be really? in the mountains. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's because he's having to spend two weeks in South America to earn a living. <laughs> Whereas you get to travel around Italy. <laughs> Terms of stressful jobs. Yes. The baby club. That, that looked like that could be anarchy. <laughs> I used to watch the baby club all the time. The theme tune is still stuck in my head. So baby Jake was the worst one for me because it was <laughs> the first thing up. that was on telly. My, my the kids used to wake up at like R4 and oh, baby yeah. Jake. Fuck off, Jake. And also I knew that Jake was about 23 now. <laughs> and he used to do my editing. So you didn't feel bad telling him to fuck off because he's an adult now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, fuck off, Jake. And he's just there smoking a cigar in a nightclub earning the money at 18. Fuck off, Jake. What was the baby club like to film? It was actually really nice to film. And I think because we knew from the start, there's so many people who worry about going to baby clubs. So we wanted to capture all the people, swoop them up, who feel like they can't go to baby groups around them, either because financially, yeah. because mentally, they, they might not be able to get on that bus. They might be suffering with postnatal depression. There's so many things that can stop someone going. And we wanted to yeah. show the realities of a baby club and let people know that anything goes so it can be yeah. chaos your baby can have a punami when you're there you can breastfeed whatever it is anything goes in the baby club and that's absolutely fine so I think because I knew that that was the premise and at the time we'd already done quite a few series of having a baby so I knew that that it was such a needed thing yeah so going into the room I was always a bit like well it's fine you know I've, I've spent all night knowing what I have to say and whatever happens in this room happens and we just go along with it I remember the first day of filming though I was so nervous and just there were so many much to focus on and think about that I can remember at the end of the day although we had one set of babies in the morning and another in the afternoon and at the end of the day I remember looking at this one baby on my left and being like wow I have not actually seen your face the whole time we've been filming yeah. you know how you're just yeah. going through it all and just trying to pace it all together but not actually present so yeah. that was a big yeah kick up the butt to me to kind of go no actually it's important that you're really there in the same way that you're yeah. there in parenting and stuff but I loved the chaos I loved how it how many baby clubs are you knocking out in a day how many episodes of baby two club two episodes yeah yeah, two. yeah oh so not too stressful no, no. the kids um, hold you back didn't they have a workload that's the problem yeah, with kids TV you can't hammer it out you're not like Bradley Walsh on yeah. the chase you know what I mean you've got to... no <laughs> <laughs> Come on, babies, we're doing our sixth of the day. Let's, let's blast through this. Yeah, stop crying. Fucking get on with it. Have a sleep tonight. Yeah, no, they can only film for two hours a day. So with their babies. breaks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can only be on set, I think. They've got a strong union, yeah. haven't they, those they, babies? Yeah, they, they really do. And they're very vocal about it if you try and stretch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on overtime here. If you do one more minute, I'm on double time, so... 
also, and then that's the important thing in the room, though, reassuring all those parents. Yeah. It's fine if your baby cries. As a parent being in that room, you know the hot sweats that that parent is going through. Oh, oh. man, your baby's crying. You're live on the yeah. baby club. Oh, I mean, the killer. Oh, my word. Where do, the, do parents come from all across the country to do the baby club, then? Yeah, they try and keep it more, like, locally, because we film it up in Manchester so that it, people aren't travelling yeah. around too much. And they can call people in as well if someone's sick or whatever. Yeah. But they really do cast a wide net over who can be on it. And they want people to be able to switch on and see themselves there, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they do take their casting very, very seriously. It's good. But do you ever lose your... Like, you're so sort of kind and polite and just nice to people and stuff. Have you ever lost your temper? Oh, yeah. What gets you going? What annoys you when you lose your... What's the kind of stuff? I do a lot of passive-aggressive stuff when I'm driving. Or if I've start opened a door for someone and they don't say thank you. Yeah. It doesn't take much to say thank you. So I'm always like, oh, thank you. Oh, no, thank you very much. It's okay. Yeah, I hope you have a good oh, okay. day. I have a conversation oh, yeah. with myself. I'm nice. one of those people. Nice. Quite annoying, really, in One itself. of those... Yeah. And how about when you're out and about with Tom and stuff? Obviously, McFly fans are sort of well intense. You've got a massive following as well. Like, it's probably quite a like, sort of double amount of people coming up to you, especially when you're kids. Do you find that difficult? Because you talk about your kids and stuff like that, the people would just assume that you're fine with it, even though you're trying to have a bit of private time. Yeah, I find it difficult if the kids are clearly not wanting to stand there. Yeah and whoever's stopped isn't registering that yeah. and letting us just go I find yeah. that difficult and there's always the sorry I know you're with your yeah. family but yeah. you know. <laughs> but saying that I feel like we have created something where people do feel like they know us yeah. and you have to honour that a bit like Tom wouldn't be off touring you know we wouldn't be living in the house that we're living in if we didn't have that connection with people so it's a balance isn't it it's, it is a yeah. balance especially when you're with the kids and they're like can I go in the park and you go to go in the park and they go oh hi, I just want to say I'm like yeah, okay, cool, but I'm trying to take my kid on the... And they're pulling on your arm going, I want to go... And then you don't want to feel like you're... You don't want to be yeah. rude to the people, but you don't want to be rude and yeah. ignore your child, you know? Also, though, you don't want... Like, I've heard stories of other people before and people be like, oh, they're a horrible like person in the public eye. Oh, God, right nightmare, really horrible, really rude person. You're like, but are they or did you just... Who did you hear that about? Oh, it was you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. He loves gossip. But have you actually just caught them on a bad day? Yeah, yeah. And how have you approached them? But with that in mind, I'm always a bit like, I don't want to be a knob to anyone who comes over because that will then go to someone else yeah. and they'll be like, oh, that baby club person, yeah. knobhead. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't want that. Oh, she's nice to the babies, isn't she? But <laughs> bloody hell, you get her in the back of my taxi. I'm nice to everyone, but if they're horrible to me or a knob to me, I just think that's an excuse to just go at them. And I, I will unleash. That's <laughs> classic, Rob. You know, I am, I'm like, as good as gold. But people must go up to you and, and think you're their mate, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's fine if they say hello to chat. When they go, like, some bloke come up to you in a pub and he, like, went hello, like that, he was drunk. And he just sort of sat at our table without sort of asking. I was like, oh, hello, right? And he went, yeah, what are you famous for? And I was like, oh, I do a bit of stand up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's seen you on that. Is that the extent to your fame, is it? And all like that. <laughs> and then I was pissed. And I don't know if this is the most tragic thing I've ever said or the coolest I, I'm gonna bet I'm gonna bet on the first one <laughs> before I even hear it it's gonna be the first one mate <laughs> I went I went I think we should stop this conversation here because I don't think you're gonna like the way it ends oh but what I meant was what I was trying to get across was like if you give me banter I'm just gonna rip you apart because that's my job <laughs> I'm a comedian but it sounded like I was gonna fight him but I didn't really realise it sounded like I was gonna fight him until I stopped talking and then I was just staring at him in the eye and I'm like I don't know what happens now because I basically said if you don't fuck off I'm gonna hit you and what was his reaction? he absolutely crumbled and went but he, I was bigger than him he was a little fella to be fair. how small was he? <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't me, was it? No, it was probably about my height, but it was quite very slight. There was nothing of him. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I was so happy that he left <laughs> because if he stayed, I was going to have to. And then, I'll, then if he just went, how ah, does it end? I'd go, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> Just with us having an awkward <laughs> chat, actually, and you're not going to enjoy it. I think I think I might have to punch you now because of what I've said, but I don't want to. <laughs> but I've got myself in a hole. <laughs> but yeah, I can't ever imagine your oh, Tom telling anyone to fuck off. No. Because um, you're a bit nicer than me. No, absolutely not. And actually, uh, like growing up, I guess, early days of McFly, you'd always get sort of teenage lads trying to be quite clever and a bit cocky. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. jealous, and because it was like the pop group rock band, wasn't it? Yeah, but we never really, we never really went out and did the whole London thing that so many other people were doing at that time. You know, we would literally be going down our local pub, yeah. having a few drinks there, then going back to one of our houses, putting music on, and just dancing. Yeah, the eight of us. So if the four boys had their partners there, that was it. Those were our like rock and roll days. Oh really? Just so, <laughs> yeah, just having like a little party at home, and it would happen most nights. But we knew that if we went out in London, yeah. that there would be a mixed reaction, and you just would find someone who was, you know, wanting to show off to their mates and be a bit cocky. Yeah. McFly was so popular, but mm. also, like, to a certain demographic, there was a lot of sort of angry jealousy of other people. Yeah, so it was yeah, either yeah. too intense yeah. with people going, yeah. oh, my God, it's McFly, or like, oh, fuck, you know, it's quite a Marmite kind of reaction, isn't it? I think you probably get that with music. Do your kids like McFly? Kids love McFly. Hate Busted. They love but they, <laughs> no, they love Busted, they love McBusted, <laughs> but they're into really cool, like, they're into ACDC, Weezer, Green Day, so they're into, like, the heavier sort of stuff. Amazing. Like, Buzz, who's my eight-year-old, yeah. he'll go around most of the day with a guitar around his neck. Oh, wow. And just like, yeah. Oh, amazing. The moment he's learning to play Sweet Child of Mine, which is just something that he's decided oh, wow. to Yeah. It's just lovely to see that they've got this absolute love. And with Buzz, I was taking him to McFly concerts as a baby. You know, I'd put little ear defenders on him and we'd go out and we'd, you know, he'd have a little... And he'd just be absolutely fascinated by it. So it's nice to see that they've still got this love of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because other people I know who have kids, you know, the parents are musical, that doesn't necessarily mean that the child is going to love music in the slightest. Yeah. So it is nice. I think Tom loves the fact that he can have a jam whenever he wants to, you know. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Imagine if you had a Hanson on your hands. All three of them could form a band like Hanson. And then they'll all be on tour. You'll just be sat there. <laughs> yeah, you'll just be... <laughs> Five FaceTime screens around the table. We always meet, though. Family to our core. Every night. Boomed in. <laughs> Do you feel, though, sometimes, because you've got three boys and they're into their music, do you sometimes feel a bit like you know, a bit left out of the loop something. Because sometimes when we've got mm. the two girls and they run off with Lou doing stuff and they're like, no boys allowed. So they always say that to me, no boys, just girls. I do feel a bit like, oh, okay. You know, it's yeah. sort of like if they're not into the things that you're into. Yeah, I absolutely do get that. But at the same time, I'm, I've always got other stuff to get on with. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been like, okay, can you enjoy your band practice? Yeah. Oh, Tom's in charge of this. <laughs> See you later. It's quite enjoyable at the moment. You're not missing it too much yet. Maybe when they're older. <laughs> no, no. But you know what happened a little while ago? Because they have this little like band practice thing that they do, they got to a McFly gig back in July. And um, the band beforehand had gone on and it was about half an hour until the McFly guys were going to be on stage. And Buddy said, so when are we going on? And Tom was like, no, you're not, you're not going on. It's a McFly show. Buddy was like, but, but we've been rehearsing. 
<laughs> and, uh, so, and then he got really, really upset. So Tom spoke to some of the uh, tech guys because they have to go out and they have to line check every drum yeah. and every guitar and everything like that. And so they had agreed to let the boys go out with them. Amazing. Yeah. So they could do that part. So the older two did it. Max didn't do it. So Buzz and Buddy went off. They did their hair, oh. massive, like, comb over. <laughs> um, they made themselves look really, really smart. And they went on stage and they had practised this. They went on. Buddy, first of all, started hitting the drums. And then all of a sudden you can hear he's doing a rhythm. <laughs> And then Buzz starts singing We Were Rocking. Amazing. Really? Amazing. In front of like 10,000 people. Wow. Amazing. It was absolutely I bet they went mad like, for it as well, incredible. the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I do feel like maybe them all being in a band, I just get to watch and be really, really proud. Yeah, that's a great and thing. be happy with that. I'll be the new Chris Jenner. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> 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 that, that, the next the Britain's Chris Jenner. Did the audience know who they were or were they just like, there's just two yeah, kids on the no, stage? Yeah, no, they did. They got it straight away. Yeah. And also it's one of those things that once one person realises, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like, oh, yeah. That techie's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> got child labour. But the crowd were like singing along. Like, it was amazing. Everyone was singing it. It was so They're good. probably on a long-term contract from the baby club. They've got them in early. <laughs> Spreading them through the family. Oh. As a kind of one of the main names on CBeebies, have you met Mr. Tumble? <laughs> yes, but not, not through in that. I met well, no, I met him at the children's BAFTAs. Me and Tom. I think we must have oh. only had Buzz at that point. But yeah. he's uh, he's one of the only people that Tom has let me go and ask for a photo. We were literally really? like, it's really? Mr. Tumble. We have to get a photo with him. We were on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Tumble didn't care who we were, but he he did stop and he had a photo with us. And Buzz couldn't believe it the next day. Oh, that's good to know. Well, was Mr. Tumble wearing a suit, or was he still wearing his? No, outfit? he was wearing a suit. He was wearing a suit. Yeah. Was he Justin, or was he being Mr. Tumble? He was Justin at that point. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what's Justin like? What's the man behind the the red nose? He's got to be lovely, hasn't he? To create such an inclusive, amazing show. Yeah. I have yeah. actually welled up at certain episodes of Mr. Tumble. He's a megastar, though, isn't he? Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. What a guy. He does a morning and afternoon show at Wembley Arena. Does he? He does must he? be absolutely minted. Is he, though? Well. Or is that going to creators? Oh. Whoa, okay. I don't now know. Now we're talking. Okay. Did you try and take the baby club on tour? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the isofixes on the rider. <laughs> Baby club at Wembley Nigel Arena. has done some like live baby club stuff. Is it? Apparently, it's gone down really, really well. Really cute. Yeah, imagine twelve thousand babies. Yeah. A baby club at the O2. That would be an incredible experience. Surely, someone's got to have done the biggest like baby group for like the Guinness Book of Records or something. Let me let me Google. You you two chat. I'm just going to Google that. <laughs> I think they should get Tumble to open Glastonbury. You know, they always get like a legend to oh, open yeah. it up. On, like, the Friday night. Imagine Tumble doing a it set. It would go down so well. Oh, he's got to get Tumble. He hasn't got kids, though, has he, Justin? No, but I still think he qualifies. He definitely qualifies. No, all I've got is the world's biggest ever baby. Do you want to know that? Yeah, go on. <laughs> 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 Who's going to say no? If anyone said no to that, I don't know any part of them. No, what do you mean no? <laughs> the world's biggest baby here. So, uh, £19. <gasps> Jesus Christ. Wow. £19, three ounces. How did you give birth to that? That is, that is incredible, isn't That's it? That's got to be a caesarean, isn't it? It's got to be. Or just legs off. <laughs> was it a baby, not a baby animal? Uh, yeah, it was. It was a caesarean. Wow, 19 pounds. Now we know. Wow. There's no no biggest ever baby club or baby group, so um, do email in if you've been in a big baby group. Giovanna, you've interviewed some megastars on your podcast, right? How do you prepare for that? Because you are really slick and very good at your job. What we do is, quite frankly, sometimes... 
a fucking joke. It's a shambles. I've just Googled the biggest ever baby. You're right to do that. I stand by that, Josh. I wouldn't say that's one of the negative points of our, our show. So how, how much prep are you doing? Did, did you speak to um, the princess, Catherine? Is that right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get really nervous before every single episode. Really nervous. See, that's our problem. We don't give a shit. <laughs> to the point it's dangerous. <laughs> we need to be more nervous. <laughs> we started in lockdown. There was never any pressure. It just feels the same. It feels like it's still COVID knocking about. Isn't it crazy? that you're like this is something that has started off the back of yeah tell me about it mate I've listened to so many episodes of this it's brilliant absolutely brilliant thank you so keep doing what you're doing doesn't need to be anything else but yeah (laughs) don't listen to the comments online it doesn't need to be anything else You don't need to read those reviews about sometimes we can't hear them and they talk about, you know, Rick Waller for 20 minutes for no reason. Did you interview her on Zoom or did you do it face-to-face? No, it was face-to-face. So it was on my birthday, 29th of January 2020. So it was before oh, wow. COVID was even a thing. Oh. We were meant to meet up the week before, but something had happened. So we were met in a nursery. We did a royal engagement together. And actually, that was the second time that we'd met. Right because we met previously. Yeah, and even then, it was a very weird thing. So the Royal Foundation had got in touch to create some sort of podcast off the back of the fact that she was doing something about early years. Mm, yeah. And there was a massive survey, so they just wanted to get lots of people talking about it, but not necessarily with her, because she hadn't done anything like that before. Yeah. And so we just floated the idea of her maybe doing a little bit. We were told maybe 10 minutes we'd get with her. And yeah. Okay. Then the first Royal engagement I did with her... We ended up having five minutes where we just chatted, just us two, away from the cameras and everything, which nice. was lovely. But not being then, recorded, just having a catch up. Not with it, being yeah. recorded, yeah, literally. We were in like a soft yeah. day. And at that point, we both had three kids. And I remember, and she asked if my kids were there. And I said, there's no way. I was like, my three kids would be so feral here. And we just sort of laughed over the fact that hers would be the same. And we started randomly talking about maternal mental health. And I don't know if you know this, but the, the reason why my podcast continues and why we do what we do is the leading cause of um, death in new mums is suicide. So it's really important that we kind of tell mums that they're not on their own, that whatever yeah. they're feeling, it's normal. Exactly. And, um, you know. um, so we talked about that and then we went into this big chat. So the second time we were planning to meet her, I still thought we were going to have this 10 minutes. Then the next thing I know, we've got 45 minutes with her oh, because amazing. of off the back of this chat. We didn't get that long with Gary Neville. <laughs> we did <laughs> Fuck me. We need to up our game, Josh. We need to get, like, new mics or something. At least some headphones will work. Well, and then it turned into us being in the room for almost an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, Oh my God. Because she'd listened to other episodes before coming in. Obviously, part of her briefing, I would imagine, is kind of, this is the kind of chat. No, they're human people. They're listening to stuff. Yeah. Hello, Will. Hello, Kate, if you're listening. <laughs> we know you're there. there. Come and chat if you're fucking hard enough. <laughs> we'll take 10 minutes. We're, we're not going to ask for an hour 20. We're not we'll take 10 minutes. And then, so you had an hour and 20 minutes. Did yeah. they cut a lot of it out or did you have to send it for approval and stuff? We did. Yeah, there's definite approval stuff. And beforehand, so I wrote out sort of like a plan for the episode and what I would ask. So you have to send that to them? Yes. That's, that's what we're, oh, we're, fuck we're that. out. We're doing prep. <laughs> fuck that. Fuck off. No chance. Behave. But they, did, they didn't send that until the night before. So I uh, sent that in and the, the comms guy phoned me straight away and he was like, you know, I'm not sure if they did hypnobirthing. I don't know if she'll talk about, you know, the extreme morning sickness or this or that, but I'll take it to her. She's not met Rick Waller, so I wouldn't even bother with that question. She hasn't, yeah, don't even bother with that question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then while she was being briefed, Prince William was in the room yeah. and he just said, just talk, just, just do all of it. 
just answer all the questions freely and if you get to the end of it and don't and wish you hadn't spoken about hypnobirthing or whatever they can edit it out it's absolutely fine yeah. um, and I think that gave her so you're saying he's in charge and she doesn't think for herself is that what you got from it yeah is that the headline <laughs> Just looking for a, just looking for a podcast title. Don't blame me. Just a journalist doing my job. They call me the ice cream man. Scoop after scoop. Mister. That's going to do a Mister Whippy one, but I didn't have energy to think of anything funny. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah. So and then she just spoke, did she? Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Then yeah. she just spoke freely, and then, like every podcast, mm. gets edited down. Um, so when you're sat down and you've got this list of questions to ask yeah. uh, Kate, Princess Kate, whatever you have to call her, Duchess. What did you have to call her? The Duchess of Cambridge. Uh, she was then Catherine or the Duchess, yeah. The Duchess. But now she's Princess. So you can't Kate her off. No, because she's not Kate. No one calls her Kate. No, they all call her Catherine. Catherine, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then, it was the Duchess, but now the Princess. You'd be Robert. You'd be Robert if it came to it. Well, if, if I was the if if you married Joseph him... Beatrice and Eugenie, yeah. I mean, I can't add more teeth to the royals at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> Their gene pool's full of teeth already. They don't need me getting involved. Um, so you've got Catherine. How nervous are you when you're asking the questions? And did you relax as it went on? I was really nervous, and I did relax. And I actually, I do a thing with my questions. I had this thing really early on in my career where I was doing a Facebook Live with someone. It was like a big broadcast type thing and all the questions had been given to me on a flip chart. So nothing had been given to me in my hand. And I can remember asking this person a question, right. listening to the first bit and then looking back at the flipboards just so I could glance at what was coming next. And the person I was interviewing stopped talking in kind of like a, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm not oh, going to answer oh. kind of way. Oh, who was, was that? Like, I'm not going to say, but I've never been so disappointed. Right, well, I'm just going to spend the afternoon Googling Giovanna Fletcher Facebook lives. But I was so disappointed in this person. I'm going to have a little look now while you carry on. Don't let me distract you. Because not only will I look away, I will Google the internet doing my interviews, but we're very different people, Giovanna. Google the internet? What are you, a grand? <laughs> But as a result oh. of that, I now don't look at my questions at all. So I might be surrounded by pieces of paper when I yeah. do the podcast, but they're just like yeah. a security blanket. Yeah. Other than actually the podcast that you came on, Rob, when we talked to Disney, because that yes. is, a, is a bit more formulaic. Whereas with um, Happy, Happy Baby, I'll do my research and then I'll just chuck it out the door and not actually look down at my notes. Also, you know when you're interviewing Rob, there's nothing that's going to stop him talking. No, I know. He's I'm quiet <laughs> when someone looks away. He'll just plough on. <laughs> and was it at a Waterstones event the time you got told off by your interview? No. No, no, okay, right, I'll keep no, looking, don't worry. No, no. <laughs> you, you two carry on, I'll find out. I'll find out who it was. Who's that one? They look a bit like a dick, that one. Uh, I'll tell you after. <laughs> and then we'll just tell the audience, perfect, yeah, no problem. No, no, off record, off record. Yeah. But if you see me in the street, I will tell you. So. No, yeah. Do you know what, Rob? Let's, let's cut to the final question then, because I've got something I need to know. So, basically, in conclusion, we are hugely underprepared for when Catherine comes on our podcast. Okay. Never going to happen. <laughs> I think we've learned a lot of lessons here, Rob, about quite how bad we'd be. I don't be. think no. he would be bad. I think you'd have a great time. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I don't think any of it will go out, really. <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, the final question that we ask everyone. Who was it on the Facebook Live? That's what we ask every time. <laughs> yeah. So just a kind of coincidence. <laughs> no, um, what's one thing that Tom does parenting-wise that drives you mad and really annoys you? And what's one thing he does where you go, oh, that's so amazing. He's such a wonderful dad. We'll go negative, then positive. Okay. Uh, I would say... Two uh, years it the... took us to realise to do that, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> we don't get bogged down. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're not ready for Kate. Catherine. <laughs> were you just giving the negatives? It's just in negatives and left were it. You just that, going yeah. negative. Okay. <laughs> What's one thing that Prince William, the future King of England, does that annoys you? Imagine us dropping that question. Nicholas Witchell panicking with his notes, going, I don't, I don't even know what a trip trap chair is. I've got to be on this morning in nine months' time. Because there's a tour of somewhere. Sorry. Sorry. So the thing that Tom does, when it gets to bath time and bedtime, I try and make it nice and zen and nice and calm, yeah. you know, inside voices, blah, blah, blah. He's there with a the guitar, um, you know, really getting yeah. them quite excited and doing the opposite of actually what yes, bedtime that needs. would annoy me. Have a day off, mate. Come yes, on. okay, classic. Fair enough. Classic performer. Yeah. And, you know, it's lovely to hear them all giggling and laughing and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's bedtime and this will go on forever. If if you yeah if you roll them up, I don't want to hear a laugh post six thirty pm. Thank you very much. His tours are hard work, Josh. You struggle, aren't you? <laughs> and he can guarantee that on his tour, Josh with a good no yeah. laughs <laughs> after six thirty. He rips it in the sound check at six. But I tell you what, if you want to bring a kid, they will be ready for bed at the end of that show. <laughs> and what about the positive, Devon? Well, it kind of ties into the same thing, though. That play aspect, you know, that creativity that he brings into yeah. being a dad is amazing. You know, the fact that he can go off and have a little band practice with them for an hour while I get on with everything else is pretty magical. You know, he I really see how he inspires our kids. So that's that's a massive Oh, that's plus. so sweet. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, nice. That's lovely. Thank you so much. That's really sweet. It was really nice, wasn't it, Josh? Thank you. Look at you two as well. You're so bang on it in We terms pretend of it's shambolic. We're fucking lethal. Yeah, all of that. You're not going to believe that. All of that was written. Every word of that that we've done. We scripted that. that. Scripted. Was and it? we yeah. let you down all those things. Yeah. Did yeah, you love it? Yeah, exactly. Right. We, yeah, so we just pretend. It's all It's all put on just to make us look shambolic. We're fucking animals for it. Yeah. Machine. Do you want to know the most amount of children someone's ever had? Just because it's, it's just sat there. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, come on. Because it's the same Google of biggest ever baby group. She had 69 oh. children. <gasps> I'll tell you how that breaks down. 16 pairs. 16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, four sets of quadruplets between 1725 and 1765. Total of 27 births. Oh, my God. Oh, my, oh my God. Word. That feels like a lie. That makes my afternoon feel less stressful. <laughs> but I have Googled the internet, so it is true. Well, thank you very much, Giovanna. It's thank been you an so absolute much. joy. That was so much fun. And thank shout you. out to your podcast again and your new show. Let everyone know yeah, where they the can watch it. The podcast is Happy Mum, Happy Baby. You can get it from wherever you get your podcast from. Um, and the TV show is Giovanna Fletcher, Made in Italy. It will be on ITVB from the 13th of November. There we go. Thank oh, you. Cheers. Thank you so much. Good cheers, night. Thank I'll, you. I'll speak Thanks, again soon, Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Giovanna Fletcher, what a woman! Brilliant, loved that. It's great. Should we just call it call it a day on that? <laughs> you got something to me. <laughs> no, I think she's brilliant, Giovanna. Yeah, because I met her doing that Disney podcast. She's so much fun. And I listened to her podcast, and I sort of before I listened to it, I was like, oh, you know, she's lovely, but you know, sometimes you think, oh, it might just be quite serious. You know, yeah. like, but she's not. She's really fun, loves her kids and really funny. So, you know, it's a great podcast. I think that show will be good as well. She's a bloody laugh. Um, thank you very much for listening and um, we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. 